You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they have one of their bigger games to date in the bubble, taking on the Sacramento Kings. I guess you could say they're all, as my cat goes nuts in the background here, I guess you could say they are all big going forward, but taking on the Kings and basically having a chance to kind of bury them in this would be a very big thing. This is an early tip-off, 12.30 Central, and we'll see if that's a factor in it. It could. That's a weird tip-off time a little bit. We'll talk about that, though, in the second segment. We're going to take a quick look at... Uh, we'll do that in the third segment. The first segment's going to be taking a look at the bubble and the standings and all of that and what's going on what's important second segment's gonna be the offense how has it been different from the pelicans offense during the regular season i've got some of the numbers there and where they're struggling a little bit because the offense while good enough hasn't been great and there's a reason for that i think and alvin gentry shed some light on it in his comments after practice yesterday as well so that's the second segment game is the third segment let's dive into it all in today's edition of locked on pelicans Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, so your bubble standings update. Basically, you could sum this up as it's really freaking close. The Memphis Grizzlies lost yesterday. That's four straight losses to open the bubble for them. They're in a bit of a free fall situation. They are now only a game up on the Portland Trailblazers, who've only played three games. You had the San Antonio Spurs lose yesterday to the Denver Nuggets as well. They're a game behind the Blazers, so they're two games back of the Memphis Grizzlies. And that, in theory, puts them in a tie with New Orleans. They're actually in a tie with New Orleans uh, as of right now. Both two games back of Memphis for eight, both one game back of the ninth seed. However, New Orleans has a game to play, meaning if they win, that winning percentage goes up and that's a really big thing. So they don't have the same number of games played and won't at the end of this. Phoenix, two and a half games back of the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the Sacramento Kings, the Pelicans opponent tonight, three games back. Everyone is in the running for this. And as we said yesterday, this is wide open all of a sudden. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought it was basically one, two, three, four, five teams fighting for one spot. It's now probably five teams fighting for two spots because I don't think anyone really believes in the Memphis Grizzlies right now. I think their final game might be their most winnable game, and it's against the Bucks. So they're in free fall. Portland looks pretty good, particularly if Melo plays like he did the other night. The Spurs have lost two in a row now. They got off to a hot start winning two. I don't know if they necessarily carry this forward. It's going to be a little bit interesting. With the Pelicans game being early, though, you've got a chance to kind of do some scoreboard watching. In the 3 p.m. game, you're going to be rooting for the Indiana Pacers over the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are a very surprising 3-0 in this, but Devin Booker is a damn stud, hitting that game winner over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard the other night, which was really cool. Portland takes on the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets just handed the San Antonio Spurs a loss, so thank you for that. But Denver's on the second night of a back-to-back, and we've seen that that can cause some issues for teams here. But... 
they're not necessarily out of the running for the two seeds. So they're likely going to really be trying to win this one. So even if they're tired, I'm not so sure if it's the biggest deal. They're still missing some guys, but they are two and one in the bubble so far. So you've got to feel good about their chances to at least try and give Portland a very tough game, if not win it. That's what we're going to be hoping for. That's a scoreboard watching that you're going to be doing tomorrow after you watch the Pelicans play early. So it's a full day of basketball and meaningful basketball for New Orleans. And this is one of those things where it really might all come down to the final game or two of these eight. We're only about halfway through and it is tight. This is really fun too. Now, the Sacramento Kings, by the way, 0-3 in the bubble. Phoenix Suns, 3-0. Pels are 2-1. San Antonio Spurs, 2-2. Trailblazers, 2-1. And then the Memphis Grizzlies, 0-4. Yeah, this is really going to come down to it. So far, things have really broken the ways for New Orleans, other than the Phoenix Suns stuff. But I'm not as worried about them because at least the Pelicans have an advantage over them. And I think that's a very big thing here, that if both of these two teams went out, the Pelicans are going to finish in a better situation than the Suns will. The San Antonio Spurs, too, basically you can kind of take that advantage as long as you beat them. Beat them, and you kind of control your own destiny in this. So even after the 1-2 and two start, the Pelicans are still in a good spot for everything, and that's what we want to see. They got their first two most difficult games out of the way, and that's on to the easier part of the schedule. Hopefully tonight they take care of business against the Sacramento Kings. So we'll get into that game coming up in the third segment. Second segment, I want to talk about the offense. Alvin Gentry had a couple of comments on how it's looked after yesterday's practice. I dove into the numbers to really kind of see what he was talking about. And yeah, we've got some things to talk about. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Cart maintenance can be annoying. Taking something apart, putting it back together. Did you do it right? All of that stuff. It's a bit of a pain. I like doing it. You like doing it. But it's still a bit of a pain, right? But you can make it easier with rockauto.com because you know what? Things just seem to go a little bit better if you've got the exact parts you want at the best price possible. And rockauto.com makes it easy to do just that. Chain stores carry one type of thing. And you're going to be stuck at that price. And that price is going to be overcharging you because, frankly... They're not going to give you many options. And if you walked in there, you're going to try and buy something. They they know this. They can charge you more because of it. But with Rock Auto, and they also, by the way, have different prices for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But over at rockauto.com, it's just unbelievably easy. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? And they're going to have every kind of make and model out there. Chain stores, it's impossible for them to stock all of that stuff. It may even delay you getting the part you need to fix your car, which might not be running, which you can't really afford to let that be the case. So rockauto.com is going to have what you want, and they're going to get it to you quicker and for a better price than those chain stores do. So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
So the Pelicans are one and two in the bubble. They don't seem to think their defense has been an issue. They've said that basically in all after all three games. It looked better against the Memphis Grizzlies. They didn't think it was terrible against the Utah Jazz. And it wasn't for stretches. There were times when it was pretty bad. And we don't talk about the Los Angeles Clippers game. So the offense is really where a lot of the focus is. That's what this team is trying to do. That's what Gentry does, flying in transition, scoring easy buckets. But their offense has really been struggling. They've got an offensive rating of 101.9. Let's round up, call it 102, just to make things a little bit easier. An offensive rating of 102 in these three bubble games. During the regular season, they had an offensive rating of 110.2. So it's about eight points per 100 possessions worse. That is a significant significant drop during the regular season the Warriors had the worst offensive rating at 104.1 or 104.4 right now the Pelicans are at 102 it's not the worst during all of this but yeah that's that's not good whatsoever and that's not what you want to see from this team the only team uh, teams that have a worse offensive rating right now are the Washington Wizards and the Los Angeles Lakers in the bubble. Lakers, you're fine with, right? You know they're going to be okay. Wizards, they're bad. Like, kind of as simple as that. So to be in that company is not exactly ideal. So what's going on there? Part of it is just exactly on the surface what you see. Zion's in there. He hasn't been the most effective. He gets pulled a little bit quicker, at least through the first two games, and it throws those starters out of sync, out of rhythm, and they struggle. And then Zion can't get going. And Zion, when he's at his most efficient, yeah, he's going to make your offensive rating significantly better. And he hasn't been himself. So part of it's going to suffer because of that. But Gentry had said something after practice yesterday that I thought was kind of interesting. And this was on how the Pelicans can improve their offense moving forward. Quote, I think one of the things we have to do is that we have to get initial ball movement. I think sometimes we're trying to attack too early. And I think the thing that our offense has been really good at, and especially after Christmas, was our ball movement and our assists. When our assists are up, and usually when we get 30 assists, we win the majority of those games. I think we've just got to get the ball moving initially and not try and attack right away unless we have the numbers. I think when we do that, then we create better shots for ourselves. He's right. Basically what he's saying is don't play hero ball early on in the shot clock and don't just rip a three when there is still 23 seconds left out there, you know, or 21 seconds left out there. So I dove into some of the numbers with it and he's right. The Pelicans have not been great in early offense right now. They are shooting at a worse percentage in that early shot clock range. Part of it is because you saw it against the Memphis Grizzlies. Zion was not his most efficient, and it ties into the first thing I said. He got the ball and just would kind of drive at the rim, and they walled him off, and he'd miss. Now, he got to the line a little bit, and that's good, but he was started off shooting two of six against the Memphis Grizzlies. It's not going to get it done. That's not going to lead to a good offensive rating, and that will make them struggle. How many times have we seen the Pelicans kind of settle for an early shot in the shot clock when no one's really there? And yeah, you know what? They didn't have the numbers to attack because they weren't playing in transition. So just wait a second and work the ball around to try and see if you can manufacture something. Yes, this team's not good in the half court, but they're not good if they're just taking early shots in the half court either. You know, if they're not playing in transition and their early looks aren't coming in transition, they shouldn't be doing this. And that is something that they're doing right now. And it's creating a bit of an issue. And that's something that could burn them a little bit. So that's why they were able to get, you know, a bad offensive rating and not look nearly as good. And then when they're able to get out and run, the Pelicans through the first two games only had 11 combined fast break points. They had above 20, 24 against the Memphis Grizzlies. 
That's how they're going to score. That's how they're going to be a good team. So when the game does slow down and things have been slower in the bubble so far, they tend to struggle. That's not what this team is built for and how they're coached and how they're trying to win games. And that's fine. So with all of that, yeah, they're going to need to really pass the rock around when they're in the half court. This is where a guy like Lonzo Ball is actually pretty key for New Orleans. He's good at moving the ball side to side and laterally. He's not necessarily great at other things with it and creating shots a la Steve Nash in the half court. He's good in transition passes, but he can definitely move the ball from side to side very, very well. And that's where you're going to need him to create that initial action that starts movement that then manufactures a good look for New Orleans, whether it's running guys through multiple picks, they like to do that, or different looks. That's going to be a really important way to try and score some points because I am a bit worried about the Pelicans offense here in the bubble. The three-point shooting not been great either and that can also be a problem for them over these final five games that they're going to have. They they need to win basically every single one and if they're not doing that things could get kind of rough and we all want this team to try and make the playoffs. By the way, they're shooting under 30% from three in these three games so far, just a shade under 29.5%. You're going to need to get that going, but you might need to create some open looks. Some of these haven't been the best. They're not shots in rhythm. They're not shots in the flow of the offense. It's not what you want. Lonzo Ball, this is your time to shine when it comes to this sort of thing. He really needs to step it up. We need to see the assist numbers from him and trying to create a little bit more offense in the half court. This is going to be a challenge for him. If you want to see whether he's going to be worth a big contract or an extension this offseason or even next, this is where he's got an opportunity to really impress you. And that's who I think this is going to have to come down on. All right, we're going to wrap up looking at the Kings here in just a second. But before we do that, don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only podcast here with you all Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, about the league, and generally having a little bit of fun if you listen to yesterday's show with the cold open. We did the SVU cold open, which was a lot of fun and I enjoyed. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. All right, so an early tip-off for your New Orleans Pelicans is they take on the Sacramento Kings. The Kings, by the way, who are 0-3 in the bubble and having a really rough go of it. This was a team that I said might be like the biggest threat to the Pelicans for the ninth spot when we only were considering the ninth spot up for grabs. Not the case right now. Everyone's a threat, but they're still in this remarkably. It's tough for them. They've got the longest way to go right now, but in theory, they're only two back of the ninth spot, and this is the first of two games that they're going to play against your Pelicans here. The Pelicans get an early game in this one, the 12:30 tip, because they're also playing on a back-to-back. So tomorrow, they've got the game against the Washington Wizards, 7 p.m., So you put them early so that they get enough rest. Usually you've got to keep 24 hours between two a team playing on a back-to-back anyway. They get a little bit more here. Alvin Gentry doesn't think it's a big worry. He says this one, quote, it's beneficial, I think. Obviously, it's not like you're playing a a 7 o'clock game and then turning around and playing a 7 o'clock game the next day. So we should be back to the hotel by 4 or 4.30. From that standpoint, I think you get adequate, whereas the the regular shoot-arounds we don't have to worry about or anything like that, end quote. 
This shouldn't be a big deal. They're also playing the Wizards, another winless bubble team here. The Wizards now um, at this point look like they just want to be any, anywhere else. They are 0-4 as well, potentially looking at 0-5 in the bubble against a not rested Pelicans team, but not in a bad shape, I think. And I think that's something worth keeping in mind. But early tip-offs can be weird. You, you know, we see it in the NFL where teams travel across country and they play much earlier than they're used to and it really throws them off could be a case here but I think New Orleans can handle this one the Kings are playing not good De'Aaron Fox is lighting it up dude's averaging basically 27 points per game that's up about seven from the regular season but everyone else is struggling Buddy Heald's down six points per game and isn't shooting particularly well he's shooting 33 percent from the field and under 28 percent from three. That's what you want to see if you're in New Orleans. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had an awful game the other night against the uh, Dallas Mavericks in overtime where he looked like he might go without hitting a shot in the game. He was one of 15, but at one point I think he started off 0-12 in that one and just couldn't do anything. He's down in terms of points per game. Harrison Barnes isn't having the same kind of impact that he was having during the regular season. And this team just does not look like a cohesive unit at all. They are poorly coached. You see Luke Walton, their head coach, not making the correct decisions. He's not well-liked by their fan base. And just really, it doesn't seem like there's a huge cohesive plan here for the Pelican or for the the Kings um I don't know if that's a Freudian slip right there uh when it comes to everything you know they they were getting by I think on sheer talent a lot of the time and trying to kind of I don't know be something that they're not I think and it was working when you have De'Aaron Fox who is a very very good basketball player you can do a lot but they're very slow paced that doesn't really seem to be the type of team that they should when you've got a three-point shooter and buddy healed in a point guard like fox and so i don't really know what they're doing new orleans won the one matchup with this team early on um where you got that jj reddick game winner basically as time was expiring they were gonna play the night that the season was postponed this is this is weird. You don't have a ton of data on this team um, and how they match up with the Pelicans, except they're just they're like okay. Defensively, they are good at forcing turnovers. That is a bit of a concern to me, given that New Orleans likes to shoot themselves in the foot and they've been doing it without teams that are pressuring the ball. The Sacramento Kings do that to a degree, and that could be a bit of an issue. They're also not a bad defensive rebounding team. And if New Orleans doesn't get some second chance points in all of this. Yeah, that could make things a little bit easier uh, for the Kings. But they're not a good offensive rebounding team. And that means New Orleans shouldn't have a lot of problem on the defensive glass terminating possessions and terminating misses. And they're doing a ton or they're getting a ton of misses right now, given that they're all shooting pretty badly. This should be a win on paper. It should be a win for New Orleans, but who knows how dangerous this Kings team might be with their backs against the wall, and maybe that's their biggest advantage, that they're a little bit desperate. But a win here likely buries them and likely probably makes this next matchup between these two teams a whole lot easier. So this is one that's important, not just to get the win, but because you do have another game coming up against this team, and if you can make your life easier with that, Heck yeah, sign me up for that. The Pelicans want to sign up for that too. And a win tonight likely does it.
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Big thank you to Rock Auto for sponsoring today's show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.